thing that's been so disturbing to me is that when mold exposure is taking place, especially early, early on, pregnancy, first year, second year, third year of life, you get these sets of imbalances that then cause the entire human system to falter depending on the genetics. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining us for another episode. And what a show we have for you today. It's gonna to be a really good one. I have an expert, and I'm talking about expert when it comes to what is making your children sick. One of the biggest things that we're not talking about enough is mold in the home. How is mold affecting children? How is it affecting their health? How is it affecting their brain? How is it affecting their sleep, their respiratory system, all pieces? Dr. Pejman is a pediatrician who's an expert in mold toxicity in children. So we're gonna go into all of the signs that your child is suffering with mold exposure. And if you don't have a kids, send this podcast to someone who does because it's very, very, very important to listen to this one. And in the Knowledge Bomb segment, I'm gonna go over one of the hottest, trending, most viral weight loss drugs that is out there. And it's Ozempic and Wagovi. And I'm gonna go into, is it safe? Does it work? and should you be using it? The answer might not surprise you, but I'm gonna give you all the info. So without further ado, let us get to this special guest segment with Dr. Pejman and learn about how mold is making us sick. All right, everyone, if you have a kid or someone you love has a kid, you gotta listen to this show. I got Dr. Pejman, and he's gonna talk about everything pediatrics, but really powerful stuff. Some of the things that you may not have known about the health of your children can be tied into the environment that they are in. This guy's a holistic pediatrician in LA, and he's seeing so many sick children, but really getting to the root. Root cause is what we're working with here. Doc, thank you for coming on the show, my man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm excited. Look, I'm really excited. We have a lot of parents, we have a lot of moms, dads who listen to this show, who I've seen it. I mean, when I did my pediatrics rotation in school, there was a lot of things happening in kids where we're like, okay, well, we did the diet and we, we've tested on, we've given them some good supplements, but what's happening here? You know, we worked on their gut. What's happening? There's something bigger. I want to ask you a question then. Can mold be one of the main causes of disease in children? Yes. Wow. Yes. And I was in the same boat. So I uh, started uh, in functional medicine, holistic medicine in 2008. And you know, over the years, we were taught the gut is the key piece, right? So I got into the elimination diets and supplements and so forth. And like a few of my kids, let's say 30%, 40% of the kids would get better. And then a whole bunch were still stuck. And all of this has really been to try to find that, that root cause, right? That, that main thing that triggers it. And over the years, the thing that's been so disturbing to me is that when mold exposure is taking place, especially early, early on, pregnancy, first year, second year, third year of life, you get these sets of imbalances that then cause the entire human system to falter depending on the genetics. Severe, severe cases of eczema, like we're talking peel your skin off eczema, severe cases of asthma, end up in the hospital, multiple ER visits, horrendous cases of ADHD where these poor, kid, poor kids cannot function for the life of them. 
I've seen some cases of autism, what we're calling pans and pandas, where these kids are just freaking out, like can't regulate themselves. And the reason why I'm appreciative to be having this discussion is it keeps showing up over and over again in all kinds of different ways to the point where you, you stand back, you're like, how in God's good earth can all of these things be tied to this one thing? Mm. And, and that's why I'm thankful that we're having this. When we spoke on the phone before the show, I had mentioned I, I suffered with mold and I know exactly what it did to my system, but I have never went into the realm of children and mold exposure. But to think, wow, like it can be leading to things like full body eczema, hospitalizations because of asthma. And when you said that, I thought back when we had a water pipe break in New Jersey in my home and it flooded the basement, the whole downstairs. And about a year later, my brother went into the hospital with pneumonia and it was antibiotic resistant and they would try two rounds of antibiotics and he was in really bad shape. And, and just thinking about, wow, it might've been the overload of mold over and over. His buffering capacity, as you mentioned, that I want to talk about, just broke. Yeah. So when, when, it, when kids are in the home and they're being exposed to mold, are there any signs from the get-go that we need to be paying attention to before it starts getting really bad? Um, so sometimes it shows up as just subtle things, like a little bit of congestion, the kid that keeps getting sick often, right? And you know, it's funny because in the medical community, we just say, well, all kids just get sick all the time. And there is truth that, you know, preschools and schools are cesspools and kids get sick. But the reality is that if a child has a healthy immune system, they get a cold, lasts a day or two, if they even get sick at all, and then they move on. The kids that are exposed to mold, typically, one, their immune systems are weakened and part of that is when you look at what these mold toxins do, they're actually immunosuppressants. So to put that in context, there are medications they use for heart transplants, cyclosporin being one of them, where they suppress the immune system enough where this foreign organ can sit in the body. Yeah. Cyclosporin is a mold der derivative. So these mycotoxins are potentially very hardcore immunosuppressants to the point where white blood cell counts can get suppressed. Mm. And I've seen that in, in some of my patients, 10 to 20% of the mold kids actually have lowered white blood cells to the point where you see it on the lab. So you get this weakened immune system that is incapable of handling these infectious insults. So you get this illness and then the illness just keeps lingering. And parents are like, what the hell is going on? Why is my kid sick you know, from coughing congestion for weeks on end and they get better and then they get sick again and they get better and they get sick again. So there's this illness, there are allergies, you know, bronchitis where six-year-olds just have this phlegmy wet cough that yeah. doesn't make sense. A lot of times that shows up in the adults as well. But it goes beyond just the immunological allergy symptoms. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality 
Alitar Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has you are back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. We, we see the, the attention problems, the nervous system being hit, the, the energy being wiped out. There are these kids that are just very weak. Like they just, they just run down. They just... You know, it's it's like that all the time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we say, oh, you know, she's so cute. She just sits there and plays quietly all the time. Whereas a child's tendency, yes, there are kids like my daughter who, who do like the creative play. But when they have robust energy, they also want to run and they want to do all of these other things. Mm, and we think about how it basically takes the life force out of you. Yes. Right? The, that energy that we see in children that is nonstop while suppressing the immune system, while causing, and I'm happy you mentioned it, the behavioral issues, which is where I, I want to go. What is mold doing to the, to the brain? What is it doing to the body that it's causing behavioral issues in children? And then when they go to school, they're diagnosed with ADHD or they're diagnosed with a behavioral issue, mood, mood disorders, and given medication. What happens in the brain of a child when there's mold that is abundant in the house? How far down the rabbit hole you want to go? Rabbit hole. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Real. People need to hear the real, right. real. All right. 
So first thing I want to touch on is, is exactly what you said. Mold wipes out vitality. And if, if there's one thing for, for people to, to think about and walk away from is if your vitality, your kid's vitality is just drained, it's sucked, and it's just that life force, as you touched on, is, is missing. The kid's color is, is lacking. They're kind of pale. They've got dark circles. They're just dragging themselves throughout the day. There could be a number of things, but one of the things to think about is mold. As far as the nervous system, you first have to kind of understand what are the pillars that hold up the nervous system. Because, you know, we think of this thing as just this thing, right? It's just this little hodgepodge of goo that sits in our skull, right? And there's chemicals floating around it. And we somehow forget that there's this entire body that's connected to it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you know, and your audience knows, like everything in the body can affect the nervous system, yeah. right? So the gastrointestinal tract and changes in the microbiome affect the nervous system. Well, look at just, if you stand back and think about what are mold toxins, where do we get penicillin from? Mold. Mold. Mold toxins are inherently antimicrobial. Mm -hmm. They actually act as antibiotics. And when you look at the microbiomes of these kids, one of the things you see is that their microbiome is just a complete mess. Mm -hmm. Low lactobacilli, low bifidobacters, all the good bacteria, and then funky stuff just growing out like, it, it, like it's, it's, they're having a party. Mm -hmm. So you get the changes in the microbiome. You get changes in the gastrointestinal tract. You get leaky gut. You get gut inflammation. So the entire gastrointestinal tract just becomes a big hot mess. Mm -hmm. And through that leaky gut, you start getting leaky brain. So all of this permeability starts allowing inflammation in the entrance of all of these things that should not be in the nervous system. And that inflammatory response in of itself can present as anxiety. Sometimes it could present as attention problems just because the nervous system and these neurons and brain cells are not meant to be in that inflammatory state, mm. right? And that's just the gastrointestinal tract. And this is kind of the simple version of it. Yeah. Then we get the mitochondria. What drives the brain cells' activity? The glucose. Glucose and ultimately the mitochondria, yeah, right? Yeah, mitochondria, yeah. So the mitochondria take glucose and protein and fats, and then they're the little generators. They spit out ATP. Yeah. Without ATP, our brain cells can't function. So all of this fancy signaling that takes place and all the cells talking to each other, that just doesn't happen out of nowhere, right? It's a heavy energy-dependent state. One of the things that mitochondria, or one of the things that mold toxins are awesome at, as we touched on, is killing that life force. Mm. They, sh they, they, I don't want to say they shut down because they, they shut down the mitochondria, we'd be dead. Right. But they actually can compromise the mitochondrial function. So, the, like, there, there's a, you remember the uh, I Love Lucy episode where there's that conveyor where she's belt, in the, yeah, they're, they're, assembly line, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the mitochondria are similar, right? You take one thing and then you, you tack on a few other things and then ultimately you get, voila, this ATP. Mm -hmm. That entire conveyor belt of transformation to ATP energy actually gets mucked up. And ultimately that, that reduced life force, that low vitality is because the mitochondrial function has been compromised. When you get that, all of a sudden the neurons themselves start acting weird where the signaling, cell-to-cell -cell signaling starts getting compromised. And 
the state of brain fog is really the best way to, to think about it. Mm. You, you get this weird state of brain fog where memory is just not clear. You can't think clearly. Processing gets messed up. So a lot of these kids, like for instance, one very interesting telltale sign is the kid's ability to process math concepts is messed up. And a lot of parents are like, God, why, why is my kid just not learning math? Like we've gone over this a thousand yeah, times. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not because your kid is trying to be a pain in the butt. It's because literally their brain's cell-to-cell communication is being compromised. They're having some weird state of brain fog. And when you've got a nasty state of brain fog, how the hell are you going to learn? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's incredible to think because I know exactly what that feels like. The, the not being able to process because it's just the hardest it's like a dissociative brain fog that you feel. It's just like a cloud over the way that you think and can't even recall words. I can feel for the child who's sitting there and not being able to pick up those math concepts. So you're saying this is because the mold toxins are messing up that chain to create ATP. So mitochondria is not functioning the way it should. We're not getting enough energy. And that's the life force, you're saying, yeah. where people just, their energy is sort of on low and they're dragging, and they're pale, and you can just tell who's not doing very well. Now, when it comes to those mold toxins, some, one thing I learned is that it, there's a genetic component for how we're affected by mold. So could it be possible that if there's a family of four or five, that only one of the kids is sick, and it can become elusive saying, okay, my one kid is sick, but my other one, it can't be something in the house. Do we find that families have a hard time believing that it could be something in the home like mold? 100%. Mm. 100%. And, you know, sometimes there's one kid that's really falling apart or struggling, severe ADHD, learning problems, growth problems, whatever. You've got another kid that, that isn't in that horrible state, but that's the kid that got a few ear infections in one year, which we call normal, right? And it's like, oh, one or two ear infections, what's the big deal? Except, like, in my practice, if a kid gets one ear infection in one year, that for me is like, what the hell is going on? If they got two ear infections, then it's like, all right, we're digging into everything going on because in our society, we've come to normalize these things that, you know, yeah, you get a pneumonia, you get a ear infection, you get this, you get that, we just throw some antibiotics and the story. And yes, sometimes my daughter this last year got an ear infection and it was the only ear infection she's had in her entire lifetime. And she recovered actually quite quickly from that. But it's these little things where, oh yeah, this kid has asthma, this kid has allergies, this kid has a learning problem. Mom has some brain fog where she is starting at the age of 35 to forget stuff, right? So sometimes it's subtle things where once you start standing back, you're like, God, there is weirdness there, even though mom's like, oh, yeah, I just got brain fog because I've got three kids and I've been chasing after them. Right. We normalize it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and that's funny, right? Because the, the normal is it doesn't mean healthy. Right, and I and I can picture it. Mom going, okay, I'm just I have a lot on my plate, and I have brain fog, and the kid just having ear infections, and okay, now he has bronchitis, but let's just give him antibiotics. We sort of don't ask the question, what's happening? Why does this keep happening? Yeah. You just had an ear infection three months later, it's bronchitis. Now it's gotten better, but now there's a cough. It could be something in the home. So yeah. parents out there, they might be going, okay. Uh, my kid might be exposed to mold. What do they do? 
Do, and, and can they get tested for mold? How do we how do we see that one the child is exposed to mold? Um, and then what what's the next step? So I mean, I know you're not going in their home and tearing the floorboards apart. Uh, is there is there anything that parents should look for when they're wanting to do something with their home? So I think the first step first step is to just take a step back, mm. right? And for them to start piecing things together because a lot of the families I talk to, they're like, you know. We actually do have that water stain there. And when it does rain, we do get a little leak by that window. You know, so a lot of times, families, when I talk to them, they, they start noticing like, yeah, you know, last year we did, we did actually have that leak or this happened. So as families stand back and they're like, you know what, that, that kind of sounds like us. Mm. That's when you then take the next step to say, well, gosh, maybe there is something going on. Now, a lot of families will, will come to me and say, well, we already tested our house. We don't have mold. And where that comes from is current mold inspectors are trained to look for horrendous, catastrophic, you can go sue your builder or landlord or, you know, go take someone to court and do things to them, right? They, they, they're looking for that kind of standard of, well, oh, yeah, your ceiling is about to collapse, Turns out that you don't need your ceiling to collapse to have enough exposure to these toxins over time to ultimately cause health problems. And that is where if you've had your home tested and the inspector said, I don't see anything, that doesn't necessarily mean there aren't lesser amounts of mold that could still be a problem. A simple way to check is to, there are these ERMI tests where you basically and there's several companies out there that you can basically just buy it for 200, 300 bucks and you just dust your house and you send it off. Uh, there's also an organization called ISEAI.org, International Society for Environmental Medicine or something like that. Yeah. I, I can never, I've, I've tried so many times <laughs> to remember. The acronym is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ISEAI.org, uh, they actually have a list of, you know, experts that, that can help guide that. But you know, by having awareness and starting to put the pieces together, that's where people can say, like, gosh, maybe this is us. And maybe this is my kid. Looking at the big picture, mm -hmm. right? And, and, you know, I've noticed sometimes when you start bringing up mold and water stains, they oftentimes go, wait, that is when my son started getting blank. Right when around the same time that you start noticing, wow, that water leak that we had, this happened maybe four months later and we start seeing how it unfolds. And it's so important. Mold is, you know, what is it, like one in two homes or something have mold exposure or have uh, water damage. It's wild to think that, whoa, okay, the home that I just moved into may have water damage. And, and in many ways, there should be a test where we can go in the home. And when we buy a home, we go, okay, let's just do a full checkup before I buy the home. I want to make sure this doesn't have mold because I'm trying to have a family here. Yeah. And I want a healthy family. Yeah. So early before we got on air, you said mold is really the thing that breaks the camel's back. That's yeah. the straw. What is, what is brewing before that? What are the things that our children are exposed to, whether dietary or lifestyle and other environmental stuff? What's brewing before that really creates that space for them. When mold comes, psh, it just creates havoc. Yeah. So 
you know, a lot of people, I think, along the same lines ask, you know, why the hell is, is this conversation coming up? Like, why? Like, mold has been there forever, right? We've yeah. lived with mold. Like, why, why, why is this, this dude, you know, coming and talking yeah. about it now? Uh, so there's a few things. Uh, first, it's not just mold. As you said, mold, I see, is the thing that tips the system over. When you add, you know, glyphosates, which and pesticides. And by themselves, a little bit of glyphosate exposure, not a huge deal because the body can handle it. Then you add some plastics to the mix and the body can handle it. And you add, you know, a few other environmental toxins, a little mercury from the tuna you ate. And, you know, the body has this incredible ability to maintain its integrity and health. And it has the incredible ability to detoxify. And it will just keep rebalancing itself and pumping these toxins out and just clearing things out. But it can only do that to a certain point. All of these exposures over time reduce that capacity to handle the toxins. And I look at mold exposure as the gorilla that comes and sits in the back of your car and the car was already a little out of tune, right? The suspension was a little off. The tires were not in perfect shape. And now this two-ton beast comes and sits in the car, and all of a sudden, the tires pop, the suspension breaks, the transmission fails. That's what mold exposure does. And to, to put it in context, you know, we worry about pesticides, glyphosates in our food supply, right? You want to eat organic because you want to avoid this stuff because it's probably not a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine you live next to a farm, right? So like 20 feet away from you is a farm. And every day they're spraying glyphosates on that farm. And you're living X number of feet away from it. And every time you open a window, wafts of these chemicals drift into your living space and you inhale them, you absorb them through skin and everything else. Exponential increase in that toxic exposure is similar to living in a space where there's mold because these molds are constantly dumping these toxins out into the environment. And the thing that spooks me out as a pediatrician is you and I, like our body's ability to handle toxins is significantly different than a one or two-year-old's, mm. right? These little people's ability to detoxify and handle stuff is significantly less and my concern is mostly for, for the little, little people, even though it can harm, you know, older kids and adults. Mm. Because their system is just being trained and, and developing and all of a sudden there's this in the food, this in the home, right? This in the environment all around, right? The, like you said, if we're living by a farm, for example. And that builds up in the system. Yeah. You mentioned something about buffering capacity. What is buffering capacity? Buffering capacity is... Um, Take your computer, right? And let's say you've got a little bit of an older computer. You can open up a bunch of apps and your computer is running fine, right? You keep, you keep opening up apps and it's still fine. It's getting a little sticky, but it's still fine. And then you open up that one app and all of a sudden, boom, it just freezes and shuts down. Yeah. The human body is similar. It has this capacity to buffer. So like you can keep adding load and it's fine and it's fine and it's fine. And then all of a sudden there's that just that one thing, that one thing that just pushes it beyond its capacity and then it freezes, it shuts down. Mm. That's essentially the buffering capacity. The, the, the capacity to handle stress, 
whether that stress is a chemical, an infection, or whatever else, and it can handle it up to a certain point based on our genetics. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm going to tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roasts with sweet fruity notes and their dark roasts with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and healthspan is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open. And I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. So the insults over and over and over, 
we're like, oh, I'm robust, I'm fine, it's, I can go through it. And then all of a sudden, that yeah. one insult or that one week of insults or that one year of insults just break everything down. It's yeah. incredible. Um, what are some of the major insults? What are the really big five insults that children are being exposed to that is reducing their buffering capacity? And then they're exposed to that gorilla and then it breaks. Um, I think diet is, is obviously one, right? So if the child is eating tons of sugar and processed foods and just low nutritional value foods, like that's one thing that'll deplete. Uh, we've talked about, you know, environmental exposures. So, you know, the glyphosates and the chemicals. And again, none of them by themselves are the problem. It's when you start kind of loading all of that up cumulatively. We've had families where a kid was doing absolutely fine, antibiotic comes in, and then boom, all of a sudden they're like, what the hell happened? My kid has this horrendous case of eczema after one antibiotic. Or we've had families where all of a sudden autism appeared out of nowhere after one antibiotic. Um, Inoculations. Mm. So I, I know this is a big controversial area, but what I perceive in terms of when children ultimately get some kind of reaction or injury from a vaccine is the vaccine is the thing that potentially tipped the child's system over. In these discussions, one of the things that we don't talk about is what was happening in that child's system to begin with that made them have their vulnerability for this biologic agent to cause them to tip over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, those are the big ones Those that I can the big think ones. of. And so, so all of them are adding some sort of inf- insult, and then it's something like, oh, we moved into a new home. Now my child is developing all of these issues. They're having issues at school. They're getting pneumonia or bronchitis, and look at their skin. Now they have eczema. That's really tipping it over. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to think. Now, you mentioned about gut, gut health, and, and I want to talk about it because so many kids are suffering with issues younger. I mean, like food and tolerances was not something that happened when I was a kid and maybe things changed. Have you seen the food system change from when you started practicing till now? Yeah, yeah, and uh, absolutely. I mean, we know that our food supply has changed and between the genetic modifications that have been introduced, I mean, a lot of foods, even organic, ultimately have some pesticide residue there are so many things that have changed in the food supply. And a lot of families will say like, God, you know, I, I've, I've got all of these intolerances. I go to Europe and all of a sudden right. I'm eating every baguette and everything and it's not a problem. So absolutely the food supply has changed. But, you know, there's also then the antibiotics that are in our food supply and they're given to the animals and we eat the chickens and whatever and we get the antibiotics. And, you know, when you stand back, you see that we've kind of created this perfect storm of things where... Antibiotic in the food supply by itself, not a problem, right? The, the changes that we've introduced into some of our you know, genetic modifications by themselves are not a problem. But then you add all of these things, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, yeah, it makes sense. Wow. And, and we think about how that food affects the system as a whole. But when it comes to the gut now, and we mentioned antibiotics, necessary in so many ways are we overprescribing, and what is the what's happening with that overprescription? It, are, is it leading to issues with the gut, which is leading to issues with other diseases for ch- children? What, what is your opinion or your take on that? They are being pres- they are being overutilized. I think is the better way. Overutilized. 
You know, in a lot of communities, people expect to get antibiotics, right? My kid has a cough. They go into the doctor. He's been coughing for three days. Can you give me an antibiotic? Uh, my kid's ear is hurting. Give me an antibiotic. We, in a lot of communities, people are just automatically like, well, antibiotic will fix my kid quick. I've got to go back to work or my kid is crying. I want a quick fix. There are a lot of physicians that don't want to prescribe them but almost feel pressured to prescribe them because they don't have any other option, yeah. right? And when your hands are tied and all you know is, well, I've got a cough medication that may or may not work and, God, I don't know what else to do for this kid, but I can write a prescription for an antibiotic, the doctor wants to do something to help. Yeah. So they'll prescribe the antibiotic. Mm. And that is part of where this problem has come from. And all of these antibiotics are obviously eroding the microbiome, which is then impacting the gut health, which is then impacting the yeah. human's health. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a chain reaction, especially when it's being overutilized. Yeah. And I get it from the doctor's side. The decisions we're making are based on, yeah, I really want to help this kid, and I know that this will help the earache. You know, we had a um, long time ago a pediatrician say, hey, look, we do this for a few days, see if it gets better, continue it a few more days, probably will get better, and if not, we do an antibiotic, you know? Um, but it has to be a cost-benefit thing, right? Yeah. And, and, and changing the paradigm of the quick fix. And really, what's the root of it? Why is my kid getting yeah. bronchitis, right? Yeah. yeah. What's in the home? What's experienced in the home? Yeah. And how is it affecting the body? Um, when, when it comes to uh, mold, as, as we tie that part back in again, uh, and children have behavioral issues, can it be in your research, has it caused any other diseases outside of the behavioral? Has it caused, is it been connected to childhood cancers? Has it been connected to autoimmune disease in children, more serious diseases? I think that the honest answer is we don't know. The, the, the honest answer is we don't know. Mm. It terrifies me to think about all of the things that it is potentially causing what is disturbing is how little information and, and research and understanding we have around these things. I'll give you an example. Um, inflammatory bowel disease. There's a very weird scenario where children between two to three years and four to five years of age develop inflammatory bowel disease, which is very, 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 very rare at least in the handful of kids that I've seen that I've taken care of where the families have come to me and they're like, what the hell is happening to my kid? When you start really getting into their gastrointestinal tract and their microbiome and you do immunological testing against these molds, all of a sudden you see this show up. I don't think we can truly comprehend the scope of challenges and health problems that are coming up from these exposures because we have yet to even develop models to start looking at them. I'll give you another example. Um, autism. Like, no one really knows what the hell causes autism, right? There, there's research coming up saying there's probably an environmental factor, but no one has actually gotten to a place of understanding. Now, I'm doing a presentation in, in two months to, to one of these autism medical communities, and there's a lot of weird things about these children with autism that don't make sense. Like the mother's immune system is overactive while she's pregnant. Parents have a 
disproportionately high, higher rate of allergies in the child's family, immediate family. These children have weird cases of neuroplasticity. These kids have two to 300% increased risks of inflammatory bowel disease. These kids have mitochondrial errors. These kids have abnormal immune responses. They have oxidative stress. Like you go on and on and on and on. And that, that's what I'm doing in this presentation. Literally, there's like 22, I think, points that are weird physiological findings that are documented in the sciences about these children with autism. And guess what? Every single one of those things has also scientifically been shown to be caused by mold exposure. Now, does that mean that mold exposure causes autism? We have no idea. And I'm certainly not here to say, yes, in every case, this is that. But what this is to say is how how archaic we are in our understanding. It's like, you know, the Flintstones, we were kind of, they were like doing their little kick foot yeah, car. Yeah. That's, that's really where we are. Wow. That's really where we are. That, that, that's how poor our medical understanding and research and, uh, un- yeah, medical understanding of mold and these, the, the connection to these diseases are. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that I believe, is one, we have all of these other exposures and now mold is causing illness. We have changes in our building science and the way homes are being built is causing a problem. It's also obscenely hard to actually make that connection because some of the home testing methodologies don't work very well. So you can do a test and you could miss mold in your house. The testing we have to test kids in particular, frankly, suck. Mm. Like, there are times I will literally have to order three different tests from three different companies, and one of those three will all of a sudden light up, and then the family tests, and it's like, oh my God, we've got to get out of this house because it's so bad. So there's so many issues with ultimately how we can diagnose and find the mold and connect it that that's hindering our ability to move forward. Mm, wow. To, to, to think about how far back we are mm. in the research mm. with something that can be so ubiquitous, for one, but it's just a big blanket on so many things that could be implicated. And when I think about what you just said, the autism and all those 22 points connected to mold, right? And, and how much of a driver in autism is mold? Maybe 1%, maybe 99% or somewhere in between. So I hope over the years, and as I get older, we have a deeper understanding so we can understand. And you mentioned about the, the buildings being built differently. I remember learning, I think it was buildings before maybe the 50s or the 40s are more robust and better well-equipped to not grow mold, but the new cookie-cutter ones, the materials we're using, right? The fast buildings that we have, those apartment complexes that are just coming up and built in less than, you know, six, seven months. They have, their materials are so porous, and they invited mold so easily. All you need is one toilet to leak, or like one sink to leak. So it's no joke, you know? If, if, if there's a water issue, it's gotta be remediated fast. Um, all of us, I, I mean, I was under the impression I remember I had in college a, a water main break and they had the person come in and they go, okay, the ceiling's not falling off and they did an air sample. You go, no mold, you're fine. But I didn't feel good in that place, I remember. Mm-hmm. And how many parents are in the same boat? Wow, we had a water issue, but they fixed it. Did they really fix it? And is your son or your daughter doing really well or can they be better? Um, 
So beautiful, beautiful. I love that, you know, the work that you're doing, connecting the mold to pediatrics, it's, it's essential. Is there anything in your heart, anything that you want to say to the parents out there, anything that you want to bring up, anything that we haven't spoken about? Well, I want to clarify one thing. First, depending on the region, like Southern California, I'd say one in 10 homes have mold. Mm. What, what breaks my heart is if you have flooding, so flood-prone areas, and sadly now California is becoming flood-prone. Right. If you have flooding with more than two or three feet of water, that's where one in two homes can have mold. One in two homes with the flooding. Um, so it, it's still frequent enough to the point where it deserves attention. If there's anything for me to leave the audience with is the reason why I'm here and the reason why I'm doing this work and the, the reason why we're taking this time to have this conversation is not to create alarm. It's not to create fear. It's to create awareness because so many people are in a place where they're like, what the hell is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Why is my kid getting sick so much? Why does my, my poor kid struggle to learn? And this, this is the part that breaks my heart because a lot of kids are losing the ability to thrive. They're losing their ability to be these happy, beautiful people in the world that can, you know, thrive and succeed. And a lot of parents are like, why is my kid stuck? Why is my kid suffering? Yeah. And by having this discussion, by having this awareness, we can get to a place where say, you know, maybe this is me. It's not to say mold is causing every problem for every person. Right? It's not to say every case of eczema, asthma, ADHD, whatever is mold. By no means, absolutely not. But when we have this discussion and when people start asking the questions and they're like, oh my God, yeah, I've had chronic fatigue. God, I'm 35 years old and I'm starting to forget everything. And yeah, my kid has attention problems. As we start having this awareness, then comes like, oh my God, maybe this is happening to us. And the coolest part of this is it's completely treatable. I believe it's pretty much completely reversible, which is different than other diseases, right? You can, you can detox this. You, it, it takes work. It's a pain in the butt. It yeah. takes some money. But it can com be completely restored. Now let's chat about something crucial. That is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with Omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. 
Puris O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days, these days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com drg they're so confident that you're going to love it there's even a 30-day money-back guarantee no code at checkout just go to p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e.com slash drg you're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies and if we get smart enough it's completely preventable yeah. and I can't begin to imagine how many lives we can help in the future if we get to a place where we start saying, like, God, we had a leak. Let's figure out if, if there's something there. And by having these discussions and awareness and prevention and so forth, we can really change so many people's lives. It's incredible to think about, right? Yeah. Just how powerful just awareness from the get-go can be towards healing. And what a... What a thing to hear that it's reversible, that it's not something we'd suffer with all our lives. And we can see a doctor who's trained in it and in our town and, and really start healing ourselves and our children, really, and the home and whatever else is happening. It's just incredible to hear that, you know, hopefully this is where we're going in science. Yeah. Hopefully there's more education. Hopefully it's out there where we go, wait a minute, I'm hearing about this, but this is sticking out the mold in my home. This is where it's happening. So how do people view and listening if they want to reach out to you? How do they find you? They can find me on Instagram at uh, Holistic Kids. So W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C Kids. Um, they can go to our website, also Holistic Kids. Um, and th those are some of the ways for them to find me. Very cool. Listen, Doc, if you don't have a book out, we need to have the mold book with a kid on front. I'm waiting on that, all right? And I want the first autographed copy. <laughs> you got it. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, what a gift uh, for you to be talking about this because not enough doctors are. Not enough pediatricians are. And to think how many lives and families 
you're saving is incredible. Even by listening, you've already sparked a light bulb for people, and that's beautiful. I hope everyone just really resonated and asking questions. That's the number one thing. What's going on? I'm asking questions. Thank you for your work, Doc. Of course, of course. And, you know, the reason why I do this is the transformation that I've seen in the kids. Kid who couldn't focus is now killing it in the class. Yeah. The kid who was weak and just didn't want to move and just having big tantrums a year later is doing intramural sports and killing it and like just a completely different person and the beautiful transformations that are possible and this, this is the cool part of this the transformations that are possible where literally one human being that was sickly and tired and wiped out and irritable and whatever else transforms into this vital person who is just shining and beaming is literally the most beautiful thing you can possibly imagine. And that that's really what this is about. There's so much beauty and light that can come into this world if we have this discussion and, and ultimately figure out how to resolve it. Powerful stuff, man. Everyone go check out his website, check out his Instagram, follow if you have kids. If you don't have kids, follow, learn more. Thank you so much, Doc. Thank you. Let me tell you something, this Ozempic Wagovi trend has been crazy. It's gone viral. All the celebrities are using this new miracle weight loss drug, but is it real? Is it safe? Is it good? So apparently Hollywood and longevity docs are going crazy over this, right? You type in the name and you look at the recent news and you're gonna see all the celebs talking about this new miracle weight loss drug. We got Kim K talking about it, how she fit into her dress for the Met Gala because she, she loved using it, and Elon Musk raves about it. But while this other celebs, they ain't liking it, right? Someone like Chelsea Handler, reality TV stars are calling it weird and irresponsible. Okay, but let's go into it. Have you heard of it? Ozempic is an FDA-approved prescription medication taken by injection. You put it in your thigh, you put it in your stomach, you put it in your arm. And it is primarily used for diabetes, but it's become more popular for its off-label use, fat loss. Ozempic is a glucagon-like peptide one. It's a GLP-1 receptor agonist, and it's indicated as semaglutide. And it reduces blood sugar through a mechanism where it stimulates insulin secretion and lowers glucagon, which works the opposite way of insulin. And thus, when you're using it and your blood glucose is high, insulin secretion is stimulated and glucagon secretion is inhibited, right? So your blood sugar is going down, you're losing weight. The mechanism of the blood glucose lowering also involves a minor delay in gastric emptying, right? So you're feeling more full longer. Now your insulin is up, your appetite is reduced, and it's leading to weight loss. Some studies show that you can lose up to 14.9% of weight. That's a lot. Now, as per the package insert, we learn a little bit more about this drug. The way they market it is as an adjunct to diet and exercise to improve glycemic control in adults with type 2 diabetes. This is who it's made for. And to reduce the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events in adults with type 2 diabetes. Again, who it's made for. But the off-label weight loss usage has become so popular that there's actually been a shortage of the drug. So the people who are suffering with really high blood sugar, type 2 diabetes, are not able to get the medication, putting them in a dangerous place, actually. So we learn a little bit more about this weight loss solution. Do I particularly like it? No, because there's some concerns. Aside from the shortages for diabetics not getting medication, there are some risks. Remember, for any medication, it's not an ever a clear go. There's always a trade-off with the body. And we call them side effects, but they're just effects that the drug company can't market. So in rodent studies, 
What we saw was that Ozempic, semaglutide, causes thyroid cancer. Now, we don't know what happens to humans just yet, but in animals, we see that. And there are some warnings for the drug. Although some of them may be on the lower end, like pancreatitis, it is a risk under 1%. Now, diabetic retinopathy is a complication that we see with this drug. Now, it's a leading cause of preventable blindness. Found in folks who have diabetes, about 3 to 8% of people are suffering with this complication. What else? Hypoglycemia especially in people who are utilizing insulin as well with it. We also see the risk of acute kidney injury, right? You got to monitor your renal function, especially in patients who have renal impairment. We also see hypersensitivity reactions. Some serious ones like anaphylaxis or angioedema have been reported in people using Ozempic. Acute gallbladder disease is also seen. So if you're suspected to have gallbladder issues, you got to make sure you're being very careful of utilizing this and speaking to your doctor. Now, what are the most common side effects we're seeing? About 32 to 36% of people who use Ozempic have gastrointestinal issues. 15 to 20% of those people are experiencing nausea. 5 to 9% are experiencing vomiting. 85 to 8.8% are experiencing diarrhea. 5.7 to 7.3% abdominal pain. And about 3 to 5% constipation. Well, actually, the side effect that has been most popularized, and if you type in the hashtag Ozempic face, on TikTok, you're going to see over 5 million posts on Ozempic Face. That is the fiery trend right now. But what is Ozempic Face? It's just a byproduct of really rapid weight loss. And what's happening is the face is becoming more gaunt, more sagging of the skin, more wrinkling, and it looks like you're aging. And it's because you're losing that subcutaneous fat really fast. Our bodies are made really in a healthy way to lose about one or two pounds per week. But with something like Ozempic, you can be losing eight to 12 pounds a week. So as a result, we're getting more sagging skin, loose skin, more gaunt look, and the byproduct being the Ozempic face, quote unquote. Now, can it be reversible? Not fully, actually. Some of the solutions for this would be fillers, skin tightening, and plastic surgery. So do I like it? No, not necessarily. Actually, not at all. I think this medication is better used for people who have type 2 diabetes. With that said, I think anyone with type 2 diabetes needs really, really strong education on how to control and manage their blood sugar, lifestyle changes. It goes a lot deeper. This medication isn't a root healing for anyone. Now, the other side of it is when people get off of it, a lot of people are gaining the weight back. It's a short-term solution that puts you at risk for some potentially serious adverse effects. So if it's something that you want to do to lose weight in a healthy way, I'm going to highly suggest, I had amazing guests to talk about this. Sean Stevenson on episode 184. Lauren Roxburgh on episode 180, and Don Saladino on episode 191. They're going to give you the foundations from the nutrition to the exercise to even the deeper stuff like hydration and fascia, how to properly begin losing weight sustainably long-term instead of moving to something like an injectable, which is going to be short-term and put you at risk for some serious stuff. 